Welcome to If Not Us, the podcast for folks looking to make change in the world. I'm your host, Sarah Ackerman, and this week we're talking about how comedy is going to save the world. I'm delighted to introduce our two incredible creative masterminds that I'm lucky enough to call friends. We have writer, performer, and producer Mark Kendall, and writer, director, performer, producer Bill Worley of Two Ears Creative, Cool 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 Audio, and I Heart Media. Welcome, gentlemen. Awesome. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah. yeah so, excited to be here. Great. Uh, I'm so I'm thrilled that we've made time to like talk about all of the incredible stuff y'all have been up to. Um, I know the two of you have been entertaining folks around the Atlanta area and around the US, the globe for a while, but a lot of that's been in person. So transitioning to the digital space, especially with the pandemic, how did your, like the Atlanta comedy scene is both like the biggest small town you'll ever find. How did you two come together to like be like, this is the partnership we need? Yeah, so uh, Bill and I have known each other through improv, live comedic performance for quite a while. Uh, and then I think it was the winter of 2019, uh, we collaborated on a live show where uh, I was playing Magic Johnson and our music, our mutual friend John Mangan was playing Larry Bird. And it was a live stage show about Magic Josh and Larry Bird's friendship. And Bill Worley uh, uh, directed uh, the sketches for it. And it was a great experience. And we were kind of like, hey, like, what if we did some videos? And so then cut to like early 2020, uh, like the last weekend in February, we shot our first sketch together. It was great. Happy Tax Day, Mark! Yay! Happy Tax Day, Karen! Hey, no one likes Tax Day. You're both dumb. Oh. I hear someone say incredible tax man. No. Yay! Why are you celebrating? Uh, it's tax day, only the best day of the year! I grant you immortality. <laughs> I pay my taxes, what do I get? <laughs> you get a 2012 Toyota Camry. That's just my car. Super reliable. Wish I had that. It smells like cat pee! You're immortal! And then like within a week, like everything kind of shut down. Um, but, uh, you know, Bill and I were taking the pandemic really seriously. And we were like, well, if it's just the two of us, uh, we can still shoot things safely and still like pursue this creative uh, partnership. And fortunately, luckily, uh, Bill is like a unique talent in filmmaking in that he's a great director, but he can also shoot, but he can also edit. And the thing that I also tell people whenever I talk about Bill is that uh, I don't know where he gets his talent. It's, that's a lot of talent, first of all. But the other thing too about when you're doing comedy is that most people don't necessarily know how to edit comedy because so much of this is about, is about timing. So a lot of times you can have a sketch that is funny, but you can lose jokes in the edit if you don't understand time. Bill does. Uh, so that's a long way of saying like how we kind of linked up. It was just like very gradual, organic over time. And in a strange way, the pandemic, I think, while it certainly paused a lot of things we could it also was a catalyst for us, like working together specifically as a duo. Uh, so that's that's what's. 
So what was the first sketch about? The first that we shot uh, was a piece for my solo show. I have a solo show uh, called The Magic Negro and Other Blacks. And so we shot a sketch where the premise was, uh, what if MARTA expanded to the suburbs of Cobb County? And so for those that aren't in Atlanta, MARTA is our public transit system. And for years now, it's had uh, difficulty spreading out beyond like the city into like suburbs. And a prevailing narrative that has kept it from spreading has been people uh, believing that the spread of trains and buses will bring like black crime to these suburbs. And that sounds ridiculous to say out loud because it is, but it is something that people really do talk about. And so uh, that's, that's the first sketch that we shot. Now, it's finally happened. They have decided to build MARTA trains straight into Gwinnett County. So you know what this means. We are finally taking black crime to Gwinnett County. How else were we supposed to get up there beforehand? With our cars? Listen, a MARTA train has never been pulled over. That's all I'm saying. Now, the president says that the suburbs are in danger of being destroyed. So that means we gotta hurry up and rob them fast before they're gone. What is it, Ricky? Can we stop at Waffle House beforehand? Ricky, we don't have time, man. We never have time. Ricky, I just said, there's a dark, menacing force out there looking to make the suburbs vanish. My bad, man. It's all right. All right, so here's how it's gonna go. Ricky, you're bringing the guns. Leon, you're bringing the knives. Ronnie, you're bringing Malcolm Gladwell's The Tipping Point, mainly because it's the next book in our book club, but also because we all know the greatest weapon is the written word. Now we're gonna meet at Five Points Marta Station, hop on the Gold Line northbound headed towards Doraville Station. That's gonna take us all the way to the new Gwinnett County Marta Station. Yeah, Ricky, what's up? What if you guys do the robbery and I go get the Waffle House and I'll get you extra, it's my treat. Ricky, man, we need you here. Listen. You need a, me? Yeah, man. Yes, of course. You guys need Without you, we don't have any guns. Oh, Without man. you, we're far less violent. Careful, man. Now, once we show up at the new Gwinnett County Modest Station, we're still going to be six miles away from the house that we want to rob. Now, six is the devil's number, so instead we're going to hop on the 20 bus. It's going to take us seven miles away. That's good luck. Now, once we arrive at the house, we got to remember a lot of work, and school is virtual these days, so we gotta set up a distraction to draw them outside. So Ronnie is gonna perform a one-person adaptation of season four of Friends. So no one told you life was gonna be this way. Yo man, you got talent. Now, once we're inside, we only have time to go after the good stuff. I'm talking about their UGA hats, all right? and their Encyclopedia Britannica collections. But if we have a little extra time, we're also gonna swipe all of their essential oils, specifically Young Living brand. We're gonna change their Wi-Fi password to Black Lives Matter. We're gonna log on to their premium Spotify account and listen to my favorite DMX song, the one where he goes like, y'all gonna make me lose my mind up in here, up in here. It's a genius song, cause when you examine the punctuation further, it goes up in here, question mark, dot, 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 up in here, period. Which means that in the ellipses, DMX realizes that it is in fact here that he's supposed to lose in mind, which of course begs the question, how can someone be so self-aware and yet also lose his mind? Well, I argue that DMX is actually instead drawing a distinction between the ego and the self. And he's saying that we can only discard the ego. Once we do that, we reach a higher plane of self. That higher plane, what is it, Ricky? 
Are you avoiding Waffle House because you prefer IHOP? I hate IHOP. They put pancake batter in their omelets. What is wrong with them? Now, before we go, we want to make sure that the suburbs don't disappear. So we're going to take one of the UGA hats, we're going to bury it in the ground, water it with essential oils, and then hopefully in six months, a McMansion will grow in its place. Ricky, are you making Waffle House? Uh-huh. That was one of my favorites, and we'll have a link to it uh, in our show notes, and that'll pop up on our lovely YouTubes. Um, so how do you decide what issues to tackle? Because a lot of the stuff that y'all are doing seems extremely timely. Um, like, it seems like something happens in the news, and within, like, it's still relevant when y'all have a sketch produced and taped and out in the universe, which to me seems impossible, but how do you, how does that process work? You know, I think um, part of it is that Mark and I are somewhat news junkies, you know, um, and if, if we catch a news story that we think we can take an angle on, we might text back and forth or, or, or Mark will send me an article, hey, what do you think about this? Um, and the thing that I've learned in, in, the, in the time that I've been doing comedy is it's pretty impossible to predict what will go viral, right? But what you can do is you can ride a viral wave. So if you start to see something pick up, um, if you're really quick, you can be part of that uh, massive amount of engagement that happens. So for example, uh, there is a sketch um, Mark and I worked on uh, about the GameStop uh, issue, which is when you know there was a, a Reddit forum and people were buying up GameStop and I think, Mark, did we shoot that maybe the same day that you pitched that concept, I, I think? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was the thing where we like shot it and maybe even also released it that same day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so that's where that, some of that relevance comes in. It's like, we're, we're like, okay, this is a hot topic. Do we have a comedic perspective we can take on it? And then let's put it out there. And I think it's, it's important to Mark and I too, I think in general, that if we're going to make a commitment comedic like commentary on something it's something that's you know kind of uh important to us to to make a comment about you know and and of course it's uh i think part of what we were commenting on in that sketch in particular was that you know all of a sudden the little guys making a lot of money and then the you know they just stopped letting them trade the which was like what what the hell hey welcome to gamestop uh, no, we are not selling stock in-store. However, I got this one cool game for you. Uh, capitalism, pretty fun. It's a business simulation game where you face off against Wall Street hedge fund managers with a short squeeze. I don't know what that is either. So then you face off against the head boss, Capitalism, who takes a bunch of money from ordinary folks, gives it to these rich folks during a pandemic. It's a little dark. Yeah, okay. Uh, so let me type it in here. That'll be $20. No, uh, sorry, that'll be $100. Okay. $300? Sorry, I can't sell this game to you anymore. They changed the rating from E for everyone to M for millionaire. And I smell the poor on you. What sort of changes do you want to see like with your with the opinions that you have on your like with your comedic approaches to your work what sort of changes do you want to see shift or are you just we're just making this for fun 
nobody's going to change their minds. This is fine. I mean, I think some of the recurring things that have popped up just naturally in our content. Um, I mean, I mentioned the MARTA um, video earlier. I mean, we've done a couple pieces about public transportation. And I think that just means like people having access to resources that they're paying to, to start with, you know? Um, we've done a lot uh, surrounding like voting rights and same kind of thing, like people being able to participate in a society that, you know, they're paying into, you know, um, uh, and are a part of. And so then um, uh, I think also just like on a, perhaps a broader level, like I think we play with like ideas of representation, you know, um, and uh, like specifically like me being like a black uh, performer, like there are, you know, threads of like, what's it mean to be like a black performer that does comedy? So I think that those like uh, are questions that get asked, you know, throughout some of our pieces. Awesome. Um, have you seen any sort of like direct impact or have heard any sort of like stories of impact as world stuff out? Well, I think um, Mark Kendall is responsible for getting John Ossoff and uh, no. Lachlan Warnock elected. I'm going to say this sketch no. that he wrote was no. a tipping point. Um, you uh, know, I, I have to <laughs> deny that. I have to absolutely deny do we go so far as to say that the two of you are also responsible for turning Georgia blue in 2020? Like, do we give the presidency to both of you? Well, thank you, Sarah. I, I would, again, say the credit goes to Mark Kendall, um, I, a wonderful I, I, partner. I have to absolutely defer uh, 100%. 100%. Well, I, I will say what was really interesting about working on that stuff um, is that you know, we, we were lucky enough to work with the executive producer of The Daily Show, and he kind of helped us form uh, and, and brainstorm some of that stuff. But, you know, it, it, it was really cool to have that experience, but it was also really cool working with him. And he was working with a lot of um, people that were really influential in helping the election. And obviously, uh, I don't, we're, we're, we were hoping for Ossoff and Warnock. I'm sorry to make a political statement, but um, this whole thing's for it's okay. <laughs> okay. Okay, cool. Um, but what's really interesting, I think what he said and what a lot of people that were involved in, in both the runoff, of course, us in Georgia, that was very important to us. Um, and then just the general election between Biden and Trump was, it was so razor close. I mean, in, in so many places that everything mattered. So like if you're a listener and, and, and you did something, whether it was talking to a friend, like that mattered, the, those margins. So basically I think, you know, not only patting ourselves on the back for doing that, but I think anybody who got involved in that election and helping with turnout, um, please keep doing it because we, we need that and you made a difference. I think there are so yeah. many stores that made a, like, made a year's worth of living off of selling political postcards like because oh, that yeah. was as someone who was terrified to call people on the phone like that right. was i'm not going to call people but i will happily write or share videos or just do that yeah that's off what bill was saying is that like you know you communicating with your community uh even though it sometimes may feel smaller that's like very effective and I think that that was also a learning experience for us in that like we will make sketches about things that are important to us, even if it's like very specific and hyper local. 
because we found that a lot of times that's what makes something more relatable and more universal. So like rather than just talking generally about public transportation, for example, we're talking about like MARTA, we're talking about specific suburbs, specific like stops on the MARTA line, you know, and just getting as specific as we can about the things that are important to, to us. And it's also like something that you learn in comedy too, is like specificity helps. Yeah. But I think the seeing that also play out in a more like political spectrum with like the voting videos was like a big learning lesson for us as well. Is there a way that you envision taking your work from just the, like we've talked a lot about like John Ossoff and like the, and Raphael Warnock and like the local Georgia elections to bigger things outside of Georgia while keeping that specificity? Yeah, you know, I think um, we're working right now with some folks on some uh, potential sketches about vaccine hesitancy that might, you know, to encourage folks to get vaccinated. Obviously, there's a lot of different levels of, of people with vaccine hesitancy. And, mm -hmm. and so we're more looking at encouraging the people who just haven't had the time or don't have the means uh, versus, you know, the, the someone's going to put a microchip in me kind of stuff. Um, but that is a big part of what we want to do. We, we want to reach, you know, beyond Atlanta and beyond Georgia. But just to echo what Mark just said is is I think what's really cool about what we've done is the more personal we make it and the more that you think no one else would get it sometimes the more relatable it, it is I, we've been surprised we've seen people on you know across the U.S. respond to stuff that you would think only Atlanta person would get but it's a, a universal theme so I think as we continue to do these pieces and if they connect well with people I mean my my hope is that we can just build on that momentum and and hopefully have a positive impact um you know on folks and just you know and just make the world a better place that, that's our small goal <laughs> probably impacting the world to make it better for future generations that's yeah. it just, is there any subject matter that uh you aren't going to touch ever you've got like an unwritten or written rule of we're not going there well, I think like questions that we sometimes ask ourselves, like before we, because we write a lot of stuff that we don't shoot, we've shot stuff that we haven't released, you know, and I think a question, it's a process. I mean, it's just like, uh, we go back and forth on stuff all the time. And I think it's also partly because like, I think in a good way, comedy is changing. And I think that like, it, not just comedy, but just like content in general, people are like, you know, if you're like a lot of times a joke might have a target for example and so it's just like does the target of this joke do they deserve to be a target in this moment you know so that's kind of a question also just kind of like tonally like where do we want to go so sometimes some sketches that we have put out or are going to put out or are not like uplifting you know and uh but that's not bad like sometimes like we might talk about things that are dark but then maybe to balance it out you know we have some things that are positive and so but we but it, it, it i as you can tell by the way i'm saying it it's like it's very much like a case-by-case -case basis and it's it's not so much like whether or not something's on the table or off the table it's more so like well what's our personal connection to it and why do we have the authority to like be talking about it and so it's like if you don't have answers for those things then maybe it's something you leave alone until you can answer those things. And then that's when you come to it. That's a really great perspective on it for just, not just what you're working on, but any 
any comedian to take to heart. How have you seen, because uh, I would agree, like comedy's definitely shifted over the past, however long pandemic times have lasted. How have you seen those changes pop up? Or like what changes have you seen pop up might be a better question. I mean, I could say personally for me, you know, I think when I started to in comedy, however many over a decade ago, I think, and this happens to a lot of people, I think you go for some more kind of generic kind of humor. And I think the older, and maybe it's just my, my age too, and, and kind of what our country's been through through the last, you know, several years, I, I like to think that comedy's evolving to to be that commentary, to be that release. And I think there's something universal about opening people's minds to things if they can laugh about it. Um, there, you let your guard down when you laugh about an opinion. I think you see it a lot too, you know, it was when, when I was younger, it was just The Daily Show. And now you have The Daily Show and, and Good Evening Tonight and Colbert's doing, you know, Tonight Show and all, the, all these, you know, comedic perspectives. Um, it's interesting that that's where I get a, a decent chunk of my news and information from. And I think it's because we kind of need that to be able to digest uh, the current climate. Um, if that answered your question. I'm yeah. Not sure. yeah. Yeah, Bill, I think one thing I'll add is like um, the additional perspectives, like, you know, similar to Bill, like 10 years ago when I first started, the internet was around, but it's not like comedians would go straight to the internet and build a sizable audience. But because you can do that now, there are more perspectives that weren't there before. So you have comedians that are like, I don't need to, if I don't want to, I'd never have to do a TV show and I can still have the audience and make a living doing comedy. So like, I'm gonna explore like my own personal point of view you know, in interesting ways. And so I think there's a lot of interesting things happening in like sketch and stand-up, you know, where it's just like where they're playing with form, they're playing with aesthetic subject matter that I was not seeing. And, and I think that's just simply because people now know that they, people have more resources to do it than before we were like, you know, cut off. From yeah, that totally makes sense. Uh, so with that, like how, there are so many new ways to kind of share your comedy, share your comedic perspective. Um, and there's different metrics of success where it used to be maybe like getting your own TV show or getting your own special or who knows what. Do y'all have a, like a, a version of this, like where this goes that you're like, this is our ultimate success. This is where we're headed and where we want to go. It can go different ways. I, I, you know, we have our mountain as people mm -hmm. like to say, or, or, or Mark and I are crossing, constantly asking ourselves, is this getting us closer to our mountain? And, and part of our mountain is, you know, we'd love a show. We'd love to have a, a show like on a, on a Netflix or a streaming channel. And we've been lucky enough to have discussions with, with folks that do that and kind of been helping us to work on that stuff. But, um, you know, at the, at the same time, I think just for me, a lot of it is like, being able to to make a living doing what I love uh, is is a big, you know. I I I've, I recently left my job. I should you know in in December and um and I will say it was it was remarkable, Sarah, how much better I feel about what I'm doing. You know, Mark and I have been lucky enough to be able to get paid and work on these projects that are just a dream come true. And and not only that, but I think. You know, hopefully having a positive influence on 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 things as well. So, 
you know, we want to, we want to keep that up, but we also want to build. We have a podcast coming out on iHeartMedia in, in November called Ridiculous News. Um, you know, we're, we're working on some stuff with Adult Swim. We, we have some other smaller projects going on that would hopefully lead the way to um, continuing to do uh, bigger and bigger things. That's awesome. Like so often we talk to organizations or work with organizations that like their purpose is like their end goal is the purpose, but uh, if that makes sense, yes, what they're driving for, but with y'all with such a wide variety of things that like will make the world a better place and whatever comedic outcome can come from it, whether it is sketch, whether it's podcast, whether it's whatever, however the comedy comes out, um, touching whatever subject matter. Uh, but ultimately just to like get those voices heard and those opinions out there is just wonderful. Um, that's absolutely wonderful. So you kind of just touched on this bill, but like what's, what's next for y'all, whether that is, what are you doing this weekend to what is the next sketch? If you can tell us what is like, what's next? Yeah. I mean, we're still uh, trying to turn out like uh, sketches to put on uh, social media uh, as well as kind of like working on, like longer term projects. So that just kind of means like, whether it's like a show deck or like longer scripts, just trying to also develop those while also putting stuff out in a more visible fashion, like on social media. Uh, uh, Bill mentioned the podcast that we have coming out uh, later this year, which is exciting. Um, and then also other than that, just uh, truthfully, just trying to expand uh, our network of people that we know and, and work with. Yeah, I would say, you know, I, I know this podcast probably has a national audience, but, uh, you know, a, a Atlanta is such a, a, a wealth and a deep amount of talent. And I think it hasn't been as tapped as some of the, you know, the West, you know, you got LA and New York. Um, and so I think we're really lucky in that we have, like you, Sarah, a lot of really talented, creative friends. And anytime we can pull some of these folks into the sketches it just makes i think not only our content infinitely more watchable but it's just fun to work with these amazing people and um you know A atlanta has got something to say and it's usually pretty funny it is watching these sketches i like having the benefit of knowing a lot of the folks in them it looks like y'all are having so much fun every single time um, whether it was the Marta DeKalb County sketch where I, like, that I had seen in like on stage at first, but then seeing it like in real, like seeing it with the full cast, like that was incredible. Tax day, even like who thought tax day could be fun? Uh, y'all made it fun. Um, voting is your superpower. Like all of those, like watching them, I just didn't, I couldn't understand how you made them without like how many takes it would take to actually make the sketch without just losing it. Um, I would have been terrible on set. I would have been a giant distraction. So, well, well, Mark is in, it's it's all a farce because Mark is incredibly abusive on set and just in super intense man. It's it's like not again. There's a lot of yelling, a lot of no. Um, I'm just kidding. No, it, it 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 generally is hard, and I have to because I'll screw up a take because I laugh, and so that that is hard. And you know, the, uh, I know that sounds weird to say that's hard, but it is something where. Sometimes it's like, okay, everybody, we got to settle down because I'm not going to be able to use this. Um, but I think that's a good place to be. I would much, much rather be in that position than the other position. Um, yeah. I'm just not having yeah, I think, fun. Yeah, having, yeah, I think having fun, that definitely like, comes through on, on screen. So just like, I think we try our best to make those environments. 
it's kind of fun. You, not not unlike an improv show, it's like, you know, we're doing improv. Like, you can do good improv if you're having a terrible time, but it, I don't know if it's really possible. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, and so I try to take that same like, philosophy to any other type of performance where it's like, like trying to bring some level of joy to it because it's like people, I think, can sense that even through a screen. Bill, have you ever had a good improv show if you weren't having a good time? I don't think I have. You know, I think uh, it, it is hard. I, I think how I think about it is I, I think y your skill set, the more you do improv, the better you get at it, right? And so by, by after you, at the very beginning, the difference between your worst show and your best show is very drastic. The more you do improv, your, your best show, your, your shows get like, even your bad shows are still quote unquote good, right? Mm -hmm. So I definitely think there's been times when I have felt like I did a crap show, but I go out and there's audience members that are like, oh my God, thank you so much. And you can't, you, what you don't say ever is, oh no, that was a terrible show, ma'am. Um, you have no taste. Uh, you, you say, thank you so much. Like it really means the world that you would come out and support live comedy. So um, I, you know, I, sometimes I gotta I, I force myself through that. Sometimes my wife is picking, picking up the pieces of, oh, that was, that was terrible. Like, no, you're fine, get over it, it's improv. You'll do another show in a week. If it's okay, I gotta give a huge shout out to Annalise, Bill's wife. She's also been just like, I don't know, she's been like so great in giving like video feedback and sketch feedback. Like, it's been amazing. So anyway, just. She's yeah. overall just like an incredible person, but I'm like seeing her, uh, just kind of like her influences and things like, whether it's in the, like being in one of the sketches or whatnot, like, I'm just like, she's, is there anything that woman cannot do? No. Probably not. Very intimidating living with her. Um, oh, that's very nice to say. I'll have to make sure that she hears this because uh, I, I also love her. And uh, at Annalise Kaler on Instagram, y'all, if you like really cool wildlife photography. Um, In addition uh, to comedy and like all the other things, brilliant wildlife photographer as well. Well, I, I wanted to, like you, what you just said, Sarah, I thought was a really good point. And just for, for people creating content, when you talked about having fun when you're doing something, I think that's a good thing, you know, it, whether you're a business or whatever you're, you're doing, if, if you're having a good time working on a video or, or doing a photography or doing a story, I think that's a really good indicator of um, if it's going to if it's gonna connect with other people. Or even if you're like just having joy with a spreadsheet and you're just like, this is my passion, pursue that. That's amazing. We need people that are passionate about spreadsheets because they matter. Um, they're important. Amen. Yeah, I was talking to Mark about spreadsheets not too, I was at earlier today actually, and I was very upset about spreadsheets and I could have used someone that had some joy about spreadsheets because my spreadsheet knowledge is very, very poor. <laughs> I love, I don't know a lot about them, but I love them for organizational purposes. So just let me know how I can be of service. Um, okay. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah I, we could do a whole other podcast on like organizational systems of like Trello, Google Keep, Notes, like what's your favorite Notes app, all that sort of stuff. But like, we'll save that for another time. But, um, <laughs> but actually, yeah. oh, sorry. Really? Sarah, I was, I was going to, just knowing that you have a wealth of knowledge on that topic as someone that is always looking for helpful tips on how to be more organized, what is one gem of advice you might give to someone in regards to organization? Like anything, it could be spreadsheets, it could be emails, it could be notes. What's something in that realm where you're like, you know, here's a little, here's a little tip. Uh, do, it's a hot take, do what suits you. If 
you hate spreadsheets, don't use a spreadsheet. If you love a Trello board and can make it like work for you, use Trello board. Or if one day you're like, mm, Trello, great. And the next day you're like, oh, I feel like making like a physical list, go for it. And like, Mark, I know we've had conversations before on like notebooks and like specifics into like how that can, such a small thing. Yeah. Can both like help and hinder your like, I got mine right here. Like, Oh man, y'all are holding up all kinds of notebooks. I do. I do. I still like notebooks. Yeah. Like it makes such a difference if like the tools that you are using are helping you grow or helping you organize and like not getting in your way. Like, uh, just like if you were trying to shoot all of these things on like a flip phone, um, and edit that footage, like it's not going to be as good as what could happen. Um, if you were using like the professional equipment you actually have access to. Yeah. It's not like a, I know it's not like the hottest of hot takes, but like just do what works. There's no rhyme or reason for it. I think that that's, I think that that's great advice. Yeah. Any, Hey, I'm, that's what I'm here for. Have you read the book Atomic Habits? Mm. Yes. Makes sense. I, 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 or <laughs> makes sense in that like, I, I get that just cause it's like your ability to organize and like get things done being productive. I'm like, it, it makes sense that that would also be great. Uh, Bill and I have been going through that book recently and I, I've really enjoyed the process. Yeah. Mark, to, to- Mark got me into it and thank you, Mark. It's a wonderful it's a wonderful book. I want to shout out. I forget who wrote. Oh, wait. No, I have it right here. James Clear. James Clear is the man who wrote that book. What's up, James? James, let's be friends. Shout out to James. Shout out. Shout out, James. It's, uh, it, it's, I don't remember who told me about it, but I, when I remember reading it, I was like, all of these things just make such logical sense as to how to get more done in a day. So sometimes it's like, it's so cool to like read something and it's just like, it just connects the dots for you, right? You're like, oh yeah, this all works. It's just, you're putting it in a way where I can make it actionable and God bless you, James Clear. You can send the check to my house, James, um, or just make it out to two years creative. We'll take it that way as well. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy we're getting all these plugs in um, for future for future deals. Uh, maybe he'll want to partner on the Netflix series when that comes out. Um, have Love some to have him on the podcast. Yeah, exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. You get it. Thank you, Mark and Bill, for spending some time with me today. This has been the highlight of my week, month, year. I don't know, just extensive amount of time. So thank you guys. Sarah, you are a wonderful friend and an incredible human being and you're always a joy to be around. And I'm, I'm excited for anyone who's listening to the show, please continue because Sarah is always bringing uh, uh, joy and fun and laughter and authenticity. So uh, it really means the world for you to have us on. Thank you so much. Thank you. Sarah, I got to echo what Bill said. Thank you so much for having us. You're great. And also I'd be remiss if I also did not give a shout out uh, to your husband, Jeff. Uh, Jeff exclamation point. Jeff all caps exclamation point. Uh, Jeff L- Elrod, brilliant person. I realize he's not not here, but I haven't seen him in a long time because of the pandemic. And what? Just, Jeff, if you ever listen to this, I just want to say that. He, he does Rock. subscribe. He does listen. Uh, he is an avid supporter of If Not Us um, because he's he's a good man who uh, supports all of these things and all the people that we talk to and is like, oh, that's amazing. And oh, I didn't even know about this, whatever else. But he was very excited that I, I told him I was talking to y'all and he was like, can I come into the office with you? And I was like, no. Uh, <laughs> no. No. Absolutely not. Uh. <laughs> Leave it. <laughs> uh, well, thank you guys so much. Um, for everyone listening, like, please visit us on ifnotus.tv. Uh, subscribe, 
all of the places that you get your podcasts, wherever those may be. And uh, just as a final sign off, like just remember change belongs to everybody. So thanks for tuning in. 